Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 12th episode of the Millennial Life and Men podcast, personal growth for your work, life, and money. My name is Kimberly, and I'm here to help you develop the personal growth skills to make and manage your money to create work-life balance. How? By tackling the self-doubt, imposter syndrome, and procrastination habits that are holding you back. And today, we're going to be talking about terrible career advice. I know that it is so easy to get caught up in the inspirational Pinterest quote or the well-designed Instagram graphic when it comes to career advice. But the thing is, not all career advice is good. And we have to be very careful of how we apply it to our lives and to be critical about it. So today we're going to be talking about that type of career advice that is well-meaning, well-intentioned, but it eventually leads you into a dead-end job in a cubicle that you resent. I love what my job is. I love my work and I do not hate my nine to five. And I've always been asked why, how, how did I accomplish that? And the, the truth is, it's because I've been very careful of what advice I've actually applied when it comes to it, my career, but it hasn't always worked out this way. There were many jobs that I took when I was younger that w- I thought would make me happy, but it actually ended up just making me miserable. For example, there's a lot of advice out there, like career advice out there that's geared towards just making more money, getting the highest salary possible. And I like love talking about money. I love money. So um, I do agree that having a high salary is important. Um, But I do not think that a career is just about the money. There are a lot of people that a career is just that for them, just to make as much money as possible. And there's nothing like really inherently wrong with that mindset, I guess. But if you think that making more money will make you happier in life, then that's when we start to have a problem because I believe a career is more than just money. There's so many other elements to it and making more money is great, but I don't think it's worth the cost of hating your team, your job, or your life. It just isn't worth it. So today I'm going to be talking about the career advice that you need to avoid. If you want to stop feeling that, you know, pit stomach feeling at the end of the day where you think about like, what did I actually even accomplish? What am I doing with my life? Because I have been there and it takes a lot of mindset shifts. There are some things that I'm still working on even to this day, even being so consciously aware of the bad career advice out there, because I think society pushes on us the narrative that we are somehow our careers, like our worth in life is really attached to our job titles and our like self-worth is also our salary and net worth in life. And I just, I just don't think that that that's all there is to it. So if you're interested in listening to the career advice that you should be very careful to follow and critical when applying to your life, then keep on listening. Also, at the end of this episode, I'm going to be talking about the 
free career assessments I am currently doing for the MLA community. The link is in the show notes, but I'll be discussing it more at the end of the episode. So let's just get started. Now, the first piece of career advice is something that I feel like was pushed on many people and still is when we are young. And that is you need to go through a formal four-year or formal education program. So that could be four-year college, university, or a certain path to be successful. Now, I will say right off the bat that I don't think that education is a waste of time. I think school is actually has a lot of benefits to life that goes beyond just the education. Um, I think that school is very important for the social factor as well. Learning to work with others, being exposed to people of different, you know, ways of thinking and ways of living. And I like so hard, like wholeheartedly believe in the power of education. However, when it comes to education and how it prepares you for a career or gets you a certain career or a job, it's not just one traditional path anymore. Yes, maybe back in the day, there was only one right slash only path to take. And that was, you know, go to high school, go to a four-year college. But nowadays, education comes in so many different forms. Most recently, and well, always, it's always been here, but it's been really tested, is actually the power of education online. Now, as I'm recording this, it is July 2020. So we are still in the midst of COVID and and every university in the world essentially has moved to online courses. Who knows how for how long? I mean, I'm like everyone just hoping and waiting for COVID to be over. But this has really changed the perception of education. Many people are going graduated actually on with their courses taken online. And many people will be entering into universities or their senior year or whatever in the fall with ed- online education. So the power of education doesn't have to just come from going to a physical building in a physical space anymore. Like I mentioned before, I don't think school is a waste of time and I'm in by no way means like bashing or saying that universities aren't important. I actually do think that they are important for other aspects as well. But when it comes to the um, a component of preparing you for a career, education can look very different. There's other also paths that have always been available, but Again, maybe it's just me, but have always been, but have been downplayed and almost looked like looked down upon. For example, trades or vocational schools that provide on-job training or work experience, like those types of education are different and you can definitely be successful very successful in those types of um, education paths as well. So Education doesn't have to be so like one dimensional anymore. And the reason why I'm bringing this up on this podcast actually is as the first piece of terrible career advice out there is because I think this is the type of career advice that is actually ingrained to us at a very young 
age and then institutionally taught to us. If you go online right now, you will be able to find a degree or a school program for every single career out there. But I actually don't think that's enough. And I deter and coach people instead of focusing solely on a career or a job title to instead focusing on developing your skills and investing in education that develops your skill. I still think that education is very important. However, I think that it looks different now because instead of focusing on a position again or a a career title, you need to look at skills that are adaptable and that can be transferable. I think that this is especially important for millennials because a lot of millennials have been failed that career promise when it comes to the degree. Many millennials went into debt going into four-year colleges and going into schools and programs with this like end promise that we were going to get a certain career. But like me and many other millennials, many it wasn't that easy. The career space looked different, especially millennials who actually graduated into the recession in 2008. So that kind of mindset might have worked in the past and that kind of career path might have worked in the past you know go to a four-year college get a this um, great career at the end but it doesn't work anymore the job market and the future of the job market is going to look very different that's why i really caution people against this type of mindset where you think you have to go to a career like a a four-year college or a certain type of school to and that's how you're going to get your career no you can still of course go to school and i still encourage you to get education but really look at the skill instead trust me i still struggle with this mindset that i need to go to a big brand name school to be able to get to where i want to in my career i graduated in 2015 and every single year after that I actually considered going back for my master's. And um, it it wasn't until the last couple of years where I've really come to terms with the fact that I'm not going to go back for my master's. And there are a lot of very personal reasons for me. It's really specialized to my career and my path and and my goals and stuff. But one of the big reasons why I didn't want to go back for it, other than like the cost, is that I don't feel like the particular program that I'm looking for will be able to help me develop the skills that I need to get me higher into the career that I want. I believe that I can get those skills in different ways without having to pay like $16,000 and going to school full time for two years. That's why I really want you to be critical of when you're going back to school or looking at education. I think education is great. Don't get me wrong. So, but when you're going to educate, when you're going to school or you're looking at higher education, don't just look at the like the career at the um, that's promised at the end of the tunnel because it might not be there. Look at what skills you're developing along the way and if it's going to be transferable. And an easy way to kind of think about this is think about back to 2010. How much has the career technology and job market changed in the span of 10 years? I don't know about you, but it's changed a lot for me. Like there are careers nowadays, like 
you could be a YouTuber. That's a career now. You couldn't do that like in 2010. I think 2010 was when YouTube even started maybe doing their partnership program. But there are so many careers now that didn't exist 10 years ago. And I have no doubt that the but with what how technology moves, how the career in the world, how fast it moves, there like in 2030, they're gonna probably be a whole like new like category of careers that don't currently exist. That's why I think it's so important to focus on skills. And I'm going to give you an example of something, what happened with me um, and my personal experience with this is when I was going to school in like 2010, 2011, um, the big hot market was actually oil. That was where the jobs were. And I'm from Canada for reference, but now the oil market not doing so well in Canada. It's crashed quite a bit. However, when I was in 2011, I was actually working for the engineering department um, for my school. And like everybody was going into oil, even people from the arts was going into oil. That was the you know hot market. That's where the money was. And it, the, like 10 years later, it's changed quite a lot. So if you focused on just the industry and the career title itself, you might not be in and in the oil industry, you might not be in a great place right now, but you don't have to just look at the world and jobs as a title. It's more important to look at the skill. I actually had a friend who worked in oil and I talked a little bit about my like his like my concerns, not really my concerns, but just talking about like his job and stuff. And he actually worked in commodity exchange trading for oil. And I didn't really know what it meant back then. I barely know what it means now. But he was really clear. He actually said the only reason I'm in oil right now and I'm living in Calgary is because I want to um, develop and hone and this skill and be an expert in commodity exchange trading and oil may not last forever, but I really think that this is a skill I can take to another industry. And I thought that was really smart. So instead of specializing your career around a job title, specialize it in a skill and really evaluate how transferable that skill is later in life. Career change. And I truly believe that it is possible in any like time in your life. Like doesn't have to be like when you're 20 or 30 or 40 it's but the problem is it is real it's more difficult later in your life um especially if you spent your whole like career in one industry specializing in one space the like the traditional path to career success working in only one industry again might have worked in the past but a lot of people change careers now more days. Um, you know, it's not as common for people, especially millennial and going into Gen Z, to stay in one job for 40 years or one company for 40 years anymore. A lot of people move around a lot more and there's a lot of fluidity in that. So um, if you focus on your career in one like industry with one job title and that's all you ever want to work in, that industry might change a lot and you might face a lot of consequences for that. The dangerous mindset of having to go to a four-year college or even a brand name school in order to get a certain career is something that I think that we as millennials need to be more cautious about. There is nothing wrong with going to a school if you're going it for the right reasons, but I also don't want you to 
not look at other options because sometimes I feel like, especially some, from someone who came from a brand name school, there's a lot of pretentiousness involved in people getting four-year college degrees in um, in instead of maybe an associate's degree or like um, a, an eight-month, you know, diploma that specializes in a very particular skill. All of those are really great options. Online school is a really great option as well. Because the thing that I haven't really talked about in this episode a lot is that, you know, like four-year colleges are really, really expensive and um, universities and colleges are expensive and they are businesses in themselves, Um, especially in the U.S. when there's for-profit universities and colleges. I also spent um, some time working for universities, so I know that it's a business in itself. That's why I really think that it's important to know that education is important, developing skills is important, but make sure to um, go into education with the focus on skill development and how it can apply to your future careers. Let me like, in case I didn't say that and it wasn't obvious, there's an S on the end because you may have a different career later in your life and not go into it with the idea that if you go into this big brand name for your college, that you are going to get the career job title that is promised at the end of it. Now, the second piece of career advice, I think that we need to be very critical about it because it's not that great, is do what you're good at. This is a type of advice that is well-meaning, but actually doesn't lead you very far. I think the this is probably the most dangerous advice for anyone to follow because it's so commonly pushed on everyone even at a young age and it actually like makes sense right when you go to like a career counselor's office in high school or even like a career counselor as an adult or HR you and you don't know what you want to do with your life life the first response is actually well what are you good at that's actually something that I again, don't coach or advise people to do because for many reasons. The reason why I don't think that people should just do what they're good at is because there's probably a high chance that you're good at a lot of things because that's what we're taught to do in school, to try to be good at everything. In you know elementary, high school, even university, chances are that if you're an overachiever like me, you got like straight A's, and because you tried to be good at everything. Like I met straight A's in high school. I did not get straight A's in university. And when you're young, it's that's because that's what you're taught to be good at everything. Like in high school, we take such varied courses like math, science, English, etc. And while I do think it's important to have a basic understanding of all of these concepts, it can kind of be confusing to figure out what you're actually good at and what you should be pursuing as your career. And this is the other crazy thing. I think that it's kind of ridiculous for us to think that 18 year olds um, who've only ever experienced like very um, standard institutions should determine and also not just determine, take on massive amounts of debt to try to figure out what they want to do with for the rest of their life. But the reason why I don't think that you should limit your career to just what you're good at is because that doesn't necessarily mean that you should be pursuing it. I chose to follow this advice at the beginning of high school and like completely changed my, my mind in my senior year. And it's probably one of the best decisions for my career I've ever made in my entire life. So backstory. 
When I was in high school, I thought I would go into pharmacy. I was good at sciences and um, I, you know, my parents really wanted me to be a pharmacist because they wanted me to have my own business. They, um, they also saw it as, you know, a very legitimate, not legitimate, but just a really great career, like in, in the medical field. And I thought this is what I was going for. I took actually like made sure I like took more classes within the sciences. I took summer school just so that I could get ahead. I did an informational interview with a pharmacology professor at the university I wanted to apply to, to make sure that I was going to be on the right path. Like that's how like brown nosing, like high achieving I wanted to be. That's how set I was. But something changed at in my senior year. And I remember this moment actually quite vividly. It was like 1.52 p.m. in Mr. Gertz's chemistry 12 class. And I just sat there and I realized, oh my God, I hate chemistry. I can't stand this for another like 40, 50 minutes. I don't know how I would do this for the rest of my life. So I walked out of that class just, and this is right before um, college university applications were due and thinking I'm going to apply to arts and business because sciences is not for me. And I just wanted to do a little disclaimer before I end the story that Mr. Gertz was an incredibly funny and helpful teacher. And if, you know, like he couldn't make me love chemistry, no one was going to be able to do, do it for me. And looking back, that was probably one of the best decisions I have ever made for my entire life. Because I guarantee you that if I went into the sciences, I would have just ended up doing something different in my career later on in life anyways. I would have probably ended up where kind of where I am now, but not as far along because my degree wouldn't be kind of like useless. And that's because I thought, I just do what I'm good at. I was good at sciences. I was good at math. But that's the, the, the problem is you need more than that. Because the truth is, if you're only good at a skill or um, a certain area, you will never truly be successful in your field or your industry. Because the people who are truly successful not are not only good at it, but they have the passion, motivation, and work ethic to be great at it. Now, the next piece of advice that I think is terrible career advice is kind of like similar to the one before, which is do what you love or follow your passion. Similar to the advice I was talking about, this is the kind of advice that's well-intentioned, but doesn't really work in execution. To be fair though, I don't think this is actually like terrible career advice. I think it's just terrible when it's said as standalone advice. The foundation of this advice is good. You know, you should be doing something that you enjoy and have a passion towards. However, that the problem is that doesn't factor in a myriad of other elements. For one, you, like me and many other people, may be multi-passionate. You may love or have a passion for more than one thing. For example, I love working in public service, but I also love and have a passion for cooking, travel, and writing. So it can be hard to choose exactly what to do or what passion to follow because there's more to a career than just passion. 
I used to think that because I love travel and because I've previously worked in it, I should become a travel blogger. I love travel. I love writing. And so it seemed something like something very natural to do with like, you know, follow your passions. Um, but I tried it and I hated it. It wasn't right for me for so many reasons. For one, I don't like blogging about itineraries and what to do. I also felt a lot like travel blogs also skewed and romanticized travel into this like artificial aesthetic. P.S. Like my like ex travel agent um, assistant advice is just to use TripAdvisor. That is what I use it. I've been on over six continents, 30 plus countries. Like it's never failed me. Lastly, like one of the reasons why I didn't really like being a travel blogger is I hate constantly having to be online. Like when I'm traveling to take the perfect photo and upload and document everything I do. Like I mentioned in my last episode, my personal growth update for June, one of my favorite things to do when I travel is actually to ask local people like how they view their country and government. And I like don't constantly want to be sticking cameras in people's faces um, or being like too busy seeing a, a country through a, a like phone screen or camera that I don't get to experience it. So like lastly, also when I travel, I like to drop offline. I'm like notorious for this. And a lot of people like call me out on it. Um, I actually, when I was in Tanzania and I was doing um, volunteer work for a microfinance project there, um, I like had my old manager actually message me on Facebook. He's like, you moved to Tanzania, like Tanzania like six weeks ago and you haven't made any updates. And I'm like, I'm having too much fun. Okay. I just like, I don't like documenting everything I do. Like for me, if I want to be on my phone all day, I would have stayed at home. I still travel a lot, like not with COVID anymore, but I don't monetize it anyways, because it's okay to have passions that you don't monetize. And the second problem is that um, to, regarding like follow your passion or do what you love is that that means that you have had to already experienced it. You have already have already been exposed to already. You already know what your passion is. And like I talked about in like the last um, point, many careers and jobs don't exist yet. There are people right now, I'm going to go back to that YouTube example, like that didn't know that they wanted to be a YouTuber. They didn't even know that they wanted to be in film like or like being on video because maybe they had never done it before. So if you if like, let's say a certain YouTuber decided to follow their passion somewhere else and never decided to even try YouTube, that could have really significantly changed their career path. You you can only love what you know. So that dismisses all of these career paths and opportunities that you haven't even learned yet, that haven't been created yet. Like you might be passionate about a career that doesn't even exist yet. So don't limit yourself to what you know. Instead, again, like I talked about developing skills and looking at different areas and trying new things. And lastly, I don't really like this type of advice is because it comes with a lot of privilege, especially when it's standalone. There's a lot of advice out there, I feel like, to just like quit your job and do what you love. Like, it's great, don't get me wrong, if you can afford to do that, but the people who um, 
have done it before, chances are they had a support system and their support system may not look exactly like yours. So if you don't have the financial means to just quit your job tomorrow, that doesn't mean you can't have a meaningful career. I don't believe like like in this just quit your job, follow your passion thing because there's so many financial consequences. And if you don't, some people don't have that obstacle, but some people do. I've been in places in my life where I was fortunate to change careers without consequence, aka when I was living with my parents. However, as I talked about in episode two regarding saving for my emergency fund, it was like harder, a lot harder actually and different when I lived on my own and owned my own apartment. Now that I live with my boyfriend and I mentioned it in that episode too, let me tell you, it's so much e- like fi- like financially easier to live with another person and have someone else help you in your everyday life. I couldn't have, like I now can work on MLA a lot more because like there are other aspects of my life like bills and cleaning up and doing all this stuff and having someone to help me. Like I have that in my life right now, but I didn't always have that. So when you're looking at this type of career advice of like, follow your passion, quit your job, and just follow your dreams, just remember that everyone's circumstances and everyone's support system looks different. And it's okay if yours doesn't look the same as someone else's. Not everyone can follow their passion, but that doesn't mean you can't have a meaningful and great career. If you're interested more in this kind of like topic, Rosie McCarthy from Badass Careers did a great YouTube video regarding it, and I will link it in the show notes. She talks a lot about more about the dangers of this type of advice. So I highly recommend you check it out. Now, the fourth piece of career advice that is terrible is that you have to find your perfect career at X age. It has to be done by the time you're 30, by the time you're 40, or even 50. A concerning thing I see in society is that we really, um, our like career goals seem to evolve around age and a lot of it actually. And it, it is perpetuated in many things like 30. I know people who want to be on the 30 before 30 list, 40 before 40, like somehow our careers need to be marked by our age. But just remember that career change can happen at many different stages in your life. And there are so many influences that are going to change your path. Like no one can control it. You might move to a different country because you fall in love. You might have lost someone and that changes um, your career path. You might get sick or know someone that gets sick. You might have discovered something different. Like literally there's so many different like elements to the experience of life that we cannot control. So it's really hard to control that you will be successful um, at this stage in life and you have to reach it or you can never be successful in your life anymore. There are so many people that have become more successful in their life later, right? And that's why, again, I really want you to instead focusing on developing on skills and trying new things. This is going to be like a little bit of a shorter um, like topic because I think this podcast is going a little long, so I won't go too much into career change. I could do a like a totally different episode on that as well. But just remember that you do not have to 
reach a career like marker by a certain age. Everyone becomes successful at their own time. You are on your own path. It is not healthy to um, compare yourself to others. I have to remind myself this all the time, by the way. But it is also like it makes no sense. (laughs) Your career, your experiences, your background, your support, everything in your life is so much different than everybody else's that there is no point in trying to summarize like you that you have to have your career reach a certain point by a certain age. I think following that kind of advice is especially terrible because it might lead you and pressure you into you know, going to a certain school or taking on a certain job because you want to reach that career marker and maybe actually limit you from finding your true calling in your career or reaching that success that is just almost there if you just keep going and learning new and different skills. And the last piece of terrible career advice that I wanted to talk about in this episode is the fact that everyone hates their nine to five. So it's okay that you hate yours too. Now, unlike other the other pieces of career advice that I talked about on this episode that had caveats, this one doesn't have a caveat. If you hate your nine to five, then just know it's not normal. And I don't really like how it normalized in society sure it can be fun with like certain memes and things like that but just know you don't need to be in an environment you hate because not everyone is there there are many people who love what they do enjoy their nine to five or their careers in general the nine to five has taken quite a beating in the past couple of years i think especially with the rise of entrepreneurship and i again entrepreneurship is amazing it's great don't get me wrong but I actually am quite concerned about the amount of people who think that it's normal to hate your nine to five. And again, I think this kind of stems from that like old school mindset where people used to stay in their jobs for 40 years and thought that this is just, you know, you work a job, you get a paycheck. That's all there is to your life. I truly invite you to think about more than that. Uh, Of course, Getting that paycheck is very important, but you can get a paycheck in a great work environment. And sometimes I feel like this kind of narrative is almost like can become cooler talk, like water cooler talk. It can be pretty normal for you to bash your jobs with your coworkers. Let me just tell you that if you are like talking with your coworkers about how much you guys hate your jobs and it, it can be like a bonding experience as well. I've been there. Um, you're probably in a toxic work environment. I'm just going to say that right now. You might not know it, but you might be in a toxic place. Because if you are in a place where not only you hate your nine to five, but everyone around you hates your nine to five, you're kind of like going down a spiral. It can be a dead end job. And that kind of feeling can seep and reflect in other parts of your life. I know I was definitely there. I used to work in a pretty toxic environment and all I would do offline is complain to my boyfriend, to my family, to my friends. And I was like complaining about the same things over and over and over again. So if you're in a place where you don't like your career, instead of accepting it, change it. 
it's okay to feel scared. It's okay to feel like fear the unknown. Like what if you go to somewhere else and it's worse and you know, you have accumulated a a certain amount of seniority and comfort at your job. But let me tell you that from someone who has experienced it and who someone who coaches and sees it all the time, that the grass isn't always greener on your side. When you go into a work environment that is actually cultivating your growth with um, people who you enjoy being around because you're going to spend most of your day with them and actually enjoy and like uh, and have a meaningful work and you feel fulfilled, it makes such a big difference in your life. And actually, I think that for me, anyways, it made me it made it easier to work on my side business onto on working on other things. I'm happier in like my life in general. So I'm happier when I'm around my friends and my family. And that kind of I don't want you to discount the importance of being in a good work environment. And just knowing that if you hate your job, you have like, it's not normal. It's not okay. Make the conscious decision to acknowledge that this isn't all right. This isn't okay. This is a toxic place to be. And then take the steps to change it. I promise you that it is that the rewards on the other side are so worth it, even in everyday life. For example, and I had talked about this on my Instagram, so I'll link the IGTV when it's ready as well, is I had a situation come up um, uh, just recently at work where I made a mistake. And it was pretty obvious because uh, my manager emailed everyone and there was like so many people CC'd on this email regarding the situation. And I like just had to cop up to it because again, so obvious that it was my mistake. So I had like, I had to basically email everyone back saying, yep, I did that. And instead, like I felt, you know, like pretty like shame when it came to that, but I was very surprised at what happened next. So my coworker, who is in the same position as I am, and for context, she, if we were ever to go for a, um, a promotion, she would be my direct competition. She actually emailed back everyone, including my supervisor and manager, and actually defended me. And she basically said, you know what, it's not fair for Kim to quote unquote correct her work and called out the project and the end goals and She's also very critical about like how we pay, spend taxpayer money, which I am all for. I love people like that. But I was just so surprised by her response. And then my manager agreed um, because I used to work in envir- work environments where people like either directly or passive aggressively threw me under the bus. And to work in an environment where I felt so much support, even when I mis- made a mistake, made such a big difference in my like everyday life. That's why I really want to discourage you from entering into toxic work environments or staying in them. And if you need some help with this area or um, have resonated with the advice on this podcast, I'm so excited to announce that I currently have some career assessment spots open. They are free. And um, it is a chance for you to talk to me a little bit more one-on-one and work with me one-on-one about your personal situation because career is personal. I only have a couple of spots available because like, you know, I work on the nine to five, but also on MLA. And I also have 
um, prioritize my well-being in all aspects of my life. This podcast is about personal growth for managing, making, managing your money, like, and achieving work-life balance. So I think it'd be pretty, like, ironic of me to, um, uh, not, not, what is, not ironic, hypocritical of me to not actually prioritize work-life balance, but tell you guys to do it. Anyways, if you are interested, the link is in the show notes for these free career assessments. I'm so excited and I can't wait to hear from you. Anyways, that is going to wrap up this end of this episode. I think I think I've talked long enough. I like I I used to have the goal of having this podcast be like 20 to 30 minutes. And now I'm just happy if it's like under an hour because I, I feel like I talk too much. But Um, Just to recap, the five pieces, terrible pieces of career advice that you should really be critical about when it and and applying to your own career life is one. What was the first one again? (laughs) One, it was the long one. You need to go through a formal four year college or university to obtain a certain career path Two, do what you're good at. Three was do what you love or follow your passion. Four was that you have to create like a reach a career milestone at a certain age. And fifth is that everyone hates their nine to five. So it's okay that you hate yours too. I hope that you have found this episode helpful. I really, really appreciate you being here. Again, I have so many great resources in the show notes. So I highly recommend that you check them out. If you have any questions, And if you're interested, again, in working with me one-on-one, I'm doing free career assessments right now. The link is in the show notes for the application. Um, But, and I, like, I'm so excited to learn more about you. And I love talking to people in the MLA community. I can't wait to be able to talk more with you as a listener one-on-one instead of just listening to this podcast where I speak at you. Anyways, Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Until next time, happy saving and spending. If you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Money on Life and Men podcast, I highly encourage you to leave a review or rating on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. This helps more people discover the podcast and become a part of this community. Remember, we're all figuring out this work-life money thing together.